The Financial Times guides you through complex issues. In divisive times, don't settle for black and white. When you need the full perspective, turn to FT.com. Become a subscriber today. Search for FT subscription. Critical mass. That's what turns the smallest ventures into life-changing forces. Reach critical mass by joining Temenos Open Marketplace for fintechs. Opening up access to 2,000 of the world's largest financial institutions. Don't just take our word for it. Temenos Marketplace has just won Reader's Choice Best Emerging Innovative Technology Product and Service at the 2016 Banking Technology Awards. Join Temenos now. We make the money go round. Let's be honest. Most digital banking experiences just aren't that amazing. Learn how more than 180 banks worldwide, including Barclays, Deutsche Bank, and BBVA, innovate faster with Strands as their trusted fintech partner. To find out more, visit strands.com today. Welcome to Fintech Insider Interviews. My name is Simon Taylor from 11FS, and I'm here with Ashok Vaswani, the CEO of Barclays UK. Thank you for joining us on Fintech Insider. Thank you, Simon. Great to be with you. Ashok, so great that you could join us on the show today. You've been at Barclays for a little while now. What's your favorite customer story? Oh, my God. So many, Simon. Uh Uh, I think the best one, I think maybe the best one was a little girl who uh, who looked at the Twitter logo and says, does this Twitter logo then grow up to become the Barclays Eagle, right? I, I thought that was like really cool. But you know, right across, we had a, we had a gentleman, uh, literally, so I mean, 103 years old. And this 103-year-old gentleman got a iPad on Christmas from his grandchild. And the poor guy, you know, not quite sure what to do with it. So he walked into one of our branches, met a digital eagle, and says, can you help me set me up on how this thing works? Oh, well, now he loves it, right? He just loves it. That's fantastic. So, Barclays is a pretty big bank. It's been around for a little while. How did you find yourself CEO of one of the largest banks in the world, or certainly one of its key divisions in the UK? And did you always want to be in finance? Is this what you dreamed of as a child? <laughs> I, d- I don't think I dreamed of it. Actually, if I left to my own devices, I wanted to become a general manager of a five-star hotel. That was really my dream. Uh, growing up, my, my uncle used to have a kind of uh, retail outlet in the fanciest hotel in Bombay. So I was not allowed to take time off in summers. I had to go there and work. And I used to come, go home in the evening. I see all these guys, really smart, really well-dressed, you know. And I thought, my, this is the coolest thing. My mom wouldn't have it that way. She was very keen. Uh, I become a doctor. So I guess we compromised and hit finance. <laughs> so that's how I landed up in finance. So at Fintech Insider, we've talked a lot about challenger banks and and to some small companies about how they're changing those customer stories and customer journeys. And um, we really get into their story. Barclays is over 350 years old now. And um, I wonder what you think are the advantages and disadvantages of that history. Sort of, you're serving a lot of customers. Um, there's a lot of legacy there, but the, there's clearly some advantages and disadvantages. What are you, what are your thoughts? Sure. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of advantages in terms of scale and stuff like that, right? We touch 24 million customers in the UK, so 63 million people. If you humor me and say 15 million less than 15 years of age, that leaves 48. We touch one out of every two people in the UK. Now that's an awesome position to be in, right? And even if Barclays is 350 years old, I'm in the company only for the last five or six years, right? 
what happened on my watch is what worries me. I have all the responsibility of making sure I don't let all my predecessors down and the goal to set up my successors in a great way. So my period with the company is short even though the company is so long. Now of course we have the usual challenges, legacy systems, you know, some kind of uh, legacy thinking. But I think for the most part that cultural transition we've actually been able to bridge. And how have you started bridging that? What have, what have been some key initiatives? How, how do you get somebody from a legacy mindset to, to um, kind of the mindset they need to be in? So, Simon, you know this, right? At the end of the day, a lot of the culture of a company is defined by the things they celebrate and the things they punish, right? And what we've really tried to do is celebrate anybody who's taken the steps towards becoming more digital, right? Whether you're whether you're a digital eagle, whether you've got participated in digital wings, whether you've actually got a digital driving license, whether you've participated in Coda play, uh, playgrounds, whether you've gone to a free formers program. We've put in so many programs which allows people to participate at their pace, at their rate. We're talking about, you know, hey, you're using your smartphone every day. So why would you, the minute you walk into our building, stop using your smartphone for things like banking, right? So you just make it like simple for them to adopt. And uh, here's where we find ourselves. It's it's pretty interesting that you can create those initiatives. And Code Playground, I thought, was yeah. was a wonderful Very idea. Cool. Um, engaging many generations, not just not just the young. So culture then is clearly very, very important to you. But uh, how do you make culture real for employees? It sounds like one of these things the execs speak about, but you kind of, the assembly ends and the school kids go back to the playground and they're naughty again. Like, is there something where you can build in lean and engineering culture with people who traditionally have been very bank focused and finance focused? And is that desirable? Yeah. So, I mean, we've been on this journey for a couple of years now, uh, five years now. And every single day, it's hammering home the same message. This is what we want to do. This is what we want to do. This is what we want to do. Look at what happened. That's fantastic. That's the way we want everybody to go. And constantly we're hammering that message. And, uh, you know, you land up uh, getting there, right? So who are your culture crushes? So when you look at um, small organizations, large organizations um, that have been through that transformation, that outside of Barclays, who do you look at and say, you know, this was done well, that was done well? Is there any examples you've seen? Of- I, I, you know, honestly, not, there's not one, like one hero uh, company uh, for me. We try and see it from many companies and many industries, right? We just recently had a, a leadership meeting, which we call a stewards kind of meeting. Mm-hmm. We had the general manager of Tesla come and talk to us, right? And you say, think about this, right? Tesla yesterday, market cap, crossed the market cap of Ford, right? Ford sells 6.4 million cars. Tesla's Model 3 is not out as yet. And yet their market cap is kind of taken over. You know, how do you kind of look at these kind of companies and say, wow, look at the transitions they've made, right? On the flip side, look at what GM is doing and look at what are happening there. You know, look at what happened to Netflix. Netflix started as a renting a CD kind of thing. See how they've changed their business model, right? So there's so many companies and you kind of pick on them. Look at the regulators. Look at the Monetary Authority of Singapore, right? The kind of stuff they're doing, incredible. They try to take a broad range and say, look, this is happening across the board. In fact, I've now started having dinners with CEOs of other businesses, other industries, corporate clients of ours, and saying, Hey, you guys are big, big in your, you know, people like British Airways, AIG, GE, Day-Lewis, all these big companies and say, 
you guys are struggling with the same thing we are struggling with the same thing can we actually talk together and you know do stuff we've launched i don't know if you know but we've launched a digital eagles program for first sport we've launched a digital eagle program for chub these are big corporate clients of ours and we're saying we're going to help you along the digital transformation so we help them and you'll learn from that as well right that digital transformation isn't easy for anyone it's Absolutely. it's super interesting you mentioned the word business model yeah. uh, famously the issue kodak had when they looked at the digital camera is they couldn't understand how you sold film right. um and the business model transition in the new way is 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 always kind of interesting and as is culture change to be able to bring everybody on that journey at fintech insider we spoke to um paul titton one of your uh, managing directors on last week's news show and he wrote a blog post at making people a competitive advantage in a digital age What are your thoughts on that? Are, are people to be replaced by machines entirely? Are, are staff a disadvantage? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. In the digital world, what matters the most is actually the people, right? You may need a different kind of person. You may need fewer of in some areas, more in another area. But at the end of the day, it's all about people. At least as of now, artificial intelligence hasn't crossed the path where machines will replace human beings. You need somebody to be able to, you know. envisage what the future could look like you need somebody to set the vision you need somebody to march against the vision you need many more engineers you mean you need many more data visualizers you need completely new skills which you know didn't even exist i mean think about it 3 years ago if somebody told you i'm a data visualizer you would have said what the hell is that today everybody is talking about data visualization right so new skills are going to emerge and this has been going on for a long period of time and i think it'll go on like that for a long time so you mentioned um henry ford and you also mentioned tesla and and, and i guess there's a metaphor there in the skill sets that yeah. are different between the industrial economy and people that worked on a production line versus the creativity and the empathy and the ability to really understand what a customer is going through how do we move away from a process mindset into an empathy and, and an empowerment of people really at the front line to to make those decisions is is that a trend that we're seeing is that something we need to do more of or is that is that too hard to do and we it's going to take years to get there So this is a very interesting question Simon think about this think about it in the good old days in the good old days your front line were experts at taking stuff and then throwing it across the wall to centers of excellence at the back so the centers of excellence at the back their job was to try and catch as quickly as possible process and get out of the way the front line said hey we trust you that you will do it and life went on when they didn't catch or they didn't catch properly or missed it the front line said oh okay you know we'll manage the customer occasionally you had big fights between front line and the back office and life went on that way today in the digital age everything else has moved to the first point of contact so suddenly the people at the first point of contact have the capability but have to be trained and have to and things have to be made so simple that they can do it at the first point of contact when you open an apple phone or an or a macbook or whatever product they don't come with a user manual right So why do we expect our frontline folks to have user manuals? How do you make it so easy for them and make it identical to the way the customer sees it, right? So that everything happens at the first point of contact. But that requires a certain mindset and a certain skill. So this is the transformation that we are really talking about that comes from that cultural change. that we just talked about. It's, it's it's a very key point. Jason our co-founder who can't be here today talks about um the culture of DevOps is well known in engineering but actually having BizOps, having people that can be the people that change the process when something new needs to be done and the machine can't do it. They are actually empowered to change exactly. the machine. I think. Can I borrow that line? 
Yeah, BizOps. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, uh, you heard it here first. It was on Fitting Insiders. <laughs> but if Ashok's using it, then you know where it came from. <laughs> but I think it's a good one. It's yeah. a really good one. Jason's a smart cookie. So taking a slight change of attack then. So what has been the highlight of your career so far, Ashok? Simon, why should I say the highlight of my career as if it's over? Mm. The highlight is still to come. Right? I did say so far. <laughs> I, I said so far. So far. Look, I've been in retail banking for a while. And uh, I can tell you, I've never been as excited about what I'm doing as I am today. Because the opportunities that technology today affords and the kinds of things that you can dream of is stuff you could not dream of even five or seven years ago. Just taking existing products and services and putting it on the internet or putting it on the mobile, yeah, that's that's fun and stuff like that. But the creation of new, the creation of new business models, which is afforded by technology, is really really critical. So, for example, we've got 24 million customers, a million SMEs, 25,000 corporate customers. Surely, and all of these guys are doing business with each other. Surely, we can become the platform which allows us to link what happens with these ecosystems, right? And so rewards is the first one we've done, Simon. So think about it and say that these corporate customers are dying to get loyalty from these kind of retail customers. Yeah, if you are ready to give reward, we will tie you together, right? Now how powerful is that? It's a real win for the corporate. It's a win for the customer. It's a win for us. But that is just the first step. This real platform which you can create where people come to to do everything which is, you know, related to money and finance is a big, big, big idea. Well, so this is what we're seeing Alibaba do. And we're there you seeing, go. There you it's, go. It's this, uh, they, they started out being a platform and then they started selling financial services right. on the back of it. It really does appear to be a trend. And, and that kind of leads me to my next question then. So do you see experimentation and a culture of trying small business models and lots of them rather than the big programs that have to work, lots of small new products and new business models being tested. Is that what you see as the next 10 years for Barclays? Do you see more of that or do we think we're still going to have you know, all the compliance and all the legacy as, as the only game in town? Yeah. So I think there will be some of that big stuff as well. I'm kind of focusing 16 and 17 on really trying to automate the bank to a completely different level. The speed of change in, the, in, the, in this industry, as you know, Simon, is so fast that we can't afford to spend time looking at the back. If I get totally automated, I've got to stop worrying at the back, I start looking forward. And when I go forward, I'm going to take a series of bets and then see how things morph, right? You start someplace, God knows where it will morph to. But start, land, land MVP, let's see what happens. Let's see how it morphs. I think that landing MVP is, is such an interesting point. What I'm seeing more of is people landing a full MVP that doesn't touch the core anymore. It's an entirely new business model on an entirely new stack. And actually, um, our CEO, David, calls it the get off the planet strategy. It's it's kind of the, you yeah. send a colony first. It's, it's a really interesting idea. So we're going to come to the um, final couple of questions. But before I do that, um, just... Give me some examples of, uh, you mentioned you were really excited about you know, the next few years. What is exciting you at the moment? What is it you think this, this initiative or these projects or this happening in the industry, maybe it's PSD2, maybe it's open banking, maybe it's the change in culture, maybe it's just technology generally, or maybe it's some regulations, whatever it may be. What's exciting you at the moment? What are the big opportunities? I think we can get to know customers and deal with customers in a completely different way, right? It really is enriching people's lives, right? In any one of our individual lives, they're not more than 12 or 15 significant financial moments. First time you buy a car, first time you go to college, you get married, have kids, retirement, first home, second home. I'm at seven and I've already run out, right? 
But just take any one of these and let's create a complete ecosystem for that. So let's say I know that Simon is in the market to buy a car, right? Because I know everything about Simon in terms of his demo, I may say, okay, Simon is the type of guy who'd love to have a Lamborghini. Now, because Simon wants a Lamborghini and they are our corporate clients, I tell Lamborghini, by the way, I can serve up to you really prospects who are keen on buying your car, right? So they say, fine, they're going to give Simon a test drive. So I facilitate Simon a test drive. I obviously give him the loan. I give him the insurance. By the way, I have an app which helps you get a better insurance because they're monitoring your driving habits. By the way, I've created a digital identity for you with the government. So you can do your MOT, your parking tickets and stuff like that. By the way, Black Circle uh, Automobile Association is a client of mine. They give you 10% off to get your automobile thing done. I create a complete ecosystem around the car buying moment. Interesting. Right? So it's about that end-to-end customer. End-to-end. And looking at it from the customer's point of view, this is not about Barclays products. This is in fact about saying, I will pull it all together for you. So I mean, we get 4,000 address change requests a day. Now as a customer, when you come to me and say, change my address, why can't I be the one who say, okay, I know that you know, you're taking... You're a customer of Thames Water. I know you're a customer of British Gas. By the way, I also know you're a customer of Sky. Don't worry about it, Simon. I'll have your address change everywhere. That's interesting. That's an end-to-end customer journey that's, that's useful and being helpful and, and kind of there. I mean, uh, again, our co-founder Jason says APIs aren't about banking and they aren't about technology. They're about those end-to-end customer journeys. And it's really inverting the, you know, when we use customer journey in banking, we think about uh, how does somebody flow through my processes as a bank rather than how are they going through their lives exactly. and how are we supportive to them? Um, so you're a busy man. How do you get it all done? What's your number one productivity hack? What's my number one productivity just get a team who gets it done. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Delegate to people you trust, I think, exactly is, right. is the key, isn't it? And what role do you live your life by? You know, Simon, I grew up in India. I grew up with very, in very humble beginnings. I lost my father when I was like six years old. And uh, it's always been uh, my mother and I. My mother was way ahead of her time. You know, she studied a lot. She always thought that I had not studied enough. I do have a double postgraduate, but she thought that was not enough. Never enough for mom. Never enough for mom. And I think there are two things that she uh, really taught me. One was you got to be really, really, really humble. Because if you stop being humble, you stop learning. And learning is the most important uh, thing you could ever do. Uh, you stagnate if you don't learn. So humility and learning are two lessons which have kind of stayed with me. And it's it's quite fascinating when you think about it, you know. What, what is a guy like me trying to do with technology? But if you keep an open mind and you're curious and you're ready to ask questions, you're ready to immerse and say, look, I don't understand this stuff, explain it to me, then there's a different wisdom you could bring to the table. And therefore, learning and humility for me are two huge things. That's fantastic. Ashok, thank you for being with us on Fintech Insider. Thank you, Simon.